Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock What is up? Welcome, welcome, welcome all my do-datters Future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in We are back with Dad Hard with a podcast This is the first episode of 2021 And I am happy to be here, happy to be living in 2021. As always, I am your host, Mo Green, and I am just a dad who talks to other dads to try to help us all to be better dads. This week's episode is no different, right? And last year, I did a similar type of thing um, where I brought on my, my guest this week, who is my guest on the first show of 2020, um, Mr. Jason Priest, who is the owner and founder of DadBot Health. Uh, because every year when you start a new year, right, you have this whole new year, new me. You want to look for ways to get motivated. And especially coming off of 2020 with everything that this last year has brought, I thought for dads, especially, it's very important and it's very difficult to reboot, right? It's been a very difficult year and the end of the year was even more difficult. I will admit it was difficult for me and that's why episodes have been sporadic throughout the the holiday season over the last month. Um, Winding down 2020 has been difficult, um, but now we're in 2021 and it's time to kind of get everything back in order, shape everything back up. And I think my conversation with Jason Priest, uh, who is a incredibly motivational guy, uh, his story is fantastic. The way that he's built dad bod health, what the, the four pillars of health that he focuses on and, and pushes in his program are phenomenal uh, and very well-rounded. Uh, so the conversation with him is fantastic that will be coming up after the musical break but before we jump into jason priest there's a lot of development going on in my daughter who's about to be uh 18 months uh and two things specifically over this holiday season have really jumped out um and that is her understanding of love and affection and the importance of crafts. So we're going to get into both of those uh, in a second here. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we'll jump into my conversation with Jason Priest. But before we get into all of that, as always, to connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. And check out the website, wedadhard.com, where this episode will be sitting right at the top, uh, along with the, the other week's episode with Chris Pagula, which is one of the most listened to episodes that we've ever had. Um, it, he, what That conversation was phenomenal. He is the dad brand pioneer in my eyes. Uh, so it's fantastic to have him on. Um, and you can listen to the entire journey of the fatherhood experience talking to all 50 plus fathers that I've had the privilege to speak to over the last uh, year and a half of, of the podcast being alive and well. With that said, let's jump into this week. It is, I can't even put my finger on what week it is right now. And this this part is going to be kind of a compilation of the last four to six weeks um, because they kind of all blend together and it's kind of been little steps into where she is right now on the verge of being 18 months, a year and a half. It's a long time uh, and it's a huge development milestone. Um, and it's the point where it's seemingly, at least to me, it's the point where they start to understand relationships, understand affection, understand getting love and furthermore showing love to those that they find important relationships with. Um, And it's weird to say that about a one and a half year old, but 
it's becoming extremely evident in in my daughter. Um, you know, you can see this loving relationship that she has, obviously with myself, with my wife, with her grandparents, uh, etc. But what really strikes me is the affection that she has for non-immediate family, right? And and seeing that, right? Seeing that growth uh, uh, um, and development of, of love and adoration and affection is really awesome to see. Now, this came really first uh, last week when I was bringing her over to daycare after daycare was closed for for a week a week during the holidays. Um, but after bringing her to daycare, uh, she just said to me, she said, Daddy, I love you. And gave me a big, like, actual, like, human hug. Like, she really wanted to give me a hug. And the hugging part, now, beyond the part where she said, Daddy, I love you, and I broke down into tears like she would throw, as she throws a tantrum when we turn off Finding Nemo, um, her saying that was obviously unbelievable, but it was the hug that really showed me that she understands how to show this affection, right? She did it unprompted. It was just something that she wanted to do because in that moment, she wanted to show her affection. And furthermore from that, it's it, it's evolved a little bit over the last couple of weeks and I've seen it. We were at my, my wife's friend's house who has a three-year-old and you know, uh, my daughter like looks up to her and you can see not, I mean, you can say you can see the adoration in her eyes and, and all this stuff, but you know, uh, who knows what that actually means. She was actively being affectionate and showing her adoration in a physical manner, in that same way that she gave me that hug and I understood her adoration, her affection, her love, she did that for my wife's friend's daughter. And she just went up to her and just like gave her a hug and a kiss. I just gave her a kiss on the cheek. And then, she, you know, then the my friend's daughter loved it and was laughing. And so then she did it again. And it turned into this whole game between the two of them. But you can see that she did it completely unprompted because of this adoration that she had for her. And then furthermore, she kept repeating the act because she saw the reaction and the effect that it was having on our, our friend's daughter. And she wanted to continue to to make her feel good in the way that she was. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing to see. And a, a really incredible growth step, right? Or developmental step where you really are watching this little teeny tiny thing that or what once was a little teeny tiny thing that you were literally fitting in the palm of your hand now have be able to understand and have affection and show affection and have feelings and show love and reciprocate love uh it's 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 phenomenal you know and it, it trickles even down further my my brother and my brother-in-law's dog uh you know my daughter loves her and she shows her adoration and, and and love now. Previously, she would just like think that it was an extension of a toy, right? Like almost like a live action toy or a live action stuffed animal of a dog. And so like try to like pull its tail and like pull its hair and, you know, like pat it like really hard. And we'd have to be nice, nice, you know, try to get her to understand that you can't be that aggressive with a living animal, right? But now she sees her and she'll run up to the dog and and the dog loves her also. And so like they'll kind of like run up to each other and my daughter will like give the dog a hug and will be and will be like kiss, kiss and want the dog to give her a kiss and then she'll give the dog a kiss. And it's a beautiful thing to just watch. This, uh, knowing that you are instilling this concept of love and affection and showing that to somebody that you have love and affection for is an awesome feeling as a parent. It almost, it's like, it makes you feel like you've won as a parent, right? If you can show your child what love is, like, isn't that what we really 
all want to do ultimately with our kids? Why don't we all really just want to make sure that our kids number one, have love, but understand love, understand how to give it, how to receive it, understand affection and showing that. That's what we all want for our kids. So when you see it uh, materializing in them, it is just, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and it's just really awesome to see that she is, you know, growing into this loving person uh, from this little teeny baby that was just crying and whining and sleeping and shitting all the time, uh, you know, 18 months ago. It's in. It's really insane. It's an insane mind-boggling experience to, to, to really get involved with. And speaking of babies shitting all the time, um, I will take a break right now to let you all know that I, uh, my daughter, for the first time ever, uh, a couple months ago, I told you she shit in the bath. Uh, a couple months before that, she'd shit in a pool. Now, she is officially shit on my floor. She took a actual poop on our floor in the middle of our living room sitting steaming pile of poop and it looked it was so funny because it looks like i don't know if anybody's had a dog but it looks like when a dog takes a poop it was it was disgusting and gross so you know i guess maybe that means it's time to start potty training uh uh, you know but lesson to be learned on that front uh but these 18 months once they can start you know before Right when they were very little, you could play with them and have them be naked before going in the bath or running around, not really have to worry about that. Uh, maybe peeing on the floor here and there, but no, my daughter literally squatted on the floor while reading a book, nonetheless. Right, it was right before the bath, she picked up a book, opened it, squatted, and took a dump in the middle of our living room. Uh, and that was a fun thing, but at least she knew that you need to be reading or you should be reading something to pass the time while you take a poop. So lesson lesson there, poop, poop 101, learn. She's good uh, on that front. Um, but so that was an exciting experience that happened earlier this week. Uh, so dads, once they start reaching that 18 month point and they start running, you know, you, you, usually probably have them running around naked before or after they get out of the bath beware because they may very well just squat and plop right right in the middle of the room and uh it is not a pretty cleanup so let me let me tell you that um beyond that the the last thing that that we've kind of learned um and evolved with her development is the utilization of active crafts right and that means you know i say active crafts i mean like i don't mean like full-bledged like paper mache art projects or anything crazy like that but when they get to this point where they're about to be 18 months you can see this kind of fork in the road it's not even a fork it's this stop in the road from where they used to just be entertained by, you know, playing with their stuffed animals or naming their stuffed animals or playing peekaboo and doing these little things here and there back and forth. And, um, you know, she's at the point now at this 18 month point where, you know, she wants to be engaged with things. And, and we kind of could tell that by the way that she wanted to be engaged in watching movies, right? Like I, I talked pretty consistently here about how she was obsessed with Frozen. That's now transitioned into Finding Nemo. I'll get more into that next week. But, um, you know, once they can sit through a lo- an extended period of time and be engaged by something, Right, whether that's a screen, whether it's it, 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 it's uh, you know playing with a toy or something like that, you can you understand that their engagement level um, needs to be I- increased. They need to be engaged. They want to be engaged in something. So like running around, just like throwing toys all over the place, like they did, you know, three 
four months ago or two, three months ago or even a month ago doesn't work anymore. And it actually ends up being a lot more work for you because you have to chase them around everywhere. You got to clean up all these toys that they're throwing all over the place. So a great way, a great thing that we've found, and I attribute this wholeheartedly to my wife to being the pioneer in this house, um, but we, we've started engaging her in active crafts. And I say active crafts by meaning like we're sitting with her and we decide to we're going to do some semblance of art something, whether it's finger painting, whether it is, you know, we bought her this um, this chalkboard that flips into a dry erase board for, for Hanukkah slash Christmas, you know, so we're drawing on that. It also doubles as like a, um, a magnet set with numbers. So we do some, you know, active crafts. I guess you can include that in with magnets, putting them there. Because she wants to be engaged in what she's doing. They still don't have the intention span to like sit and like read a full book in the middle of the day, you know, and and we really got thrown into the fire with this when our daycare was closed for a week during the holidays and it was back to 24 hours a day, my wife and I with her and she wanted to just be doing something and we needed her to be doing things that could last a good amount of time you know my wife was still working I had off but you know she she was still working so she needed time where she could be engaged in something and these crafts like these art things playing art as I like to call it uh were perfect so like I said whether it's drawing playing magnets using chalk even when you're outside right if it's nice enough outside or you live in a warm climate area taking sidewalk chalk and like just like drawing on the on the on the chalk play-doh is fantastic uh it comes with the different molds you know and while they can't necessarily sit through and understand like a book that you're reading them, they damn sure can understand that you're taking this thing that looks like a giraffe and molding it out of Play-Doh. And now your your daughter has just made a giraffe or a shark out of Play-Doh. They understand that. They can date they can resonate with that and they want to continue doing it. It's also a great way to teach them about colors. And also develop their coordination because you know when when you're drawing you're showing them how to how to draw and make lines or color or all this type of stuff and it's also educational and and very helpful to the de- developmental process especially with the, you know their cognition and and coordination so it's just been a fantastic activity to to be able to do that will keep them engaged for a long time it's like very limited mess because you do it in like one area there aren't a lot of pieces that are now going to be thrown across the floor like if you're building blocks or legos or something like that um or like you know doing a puppet show of some kind or, or whatever it is you're trying to do to entertain them this is like a perfect confined way to keep them active to keep them developing and keep them having fun and keep everything contained and not do a, a big huge fucking mess um and so the importance of that at this age has really come to light with us uh and it's something that she now loves to do she loves to play drawing she loves to play with magnets she now the first thing she does does when she wakes up in the morning is goes and runs over to our uh, our refrigerator and play around with the magnets that are on our fridge and dishwasher because she relates that back to playing magnets on her little chalkboard, dry erase board, magnet board thing that we got her. Um, so it, it's really fantastic. And you can see that she's now starting to put colors together. She knows what blue is. She knows what green is. So, you know, now when she's playing blocks, she could be like green, you know, and she, she gets these things and, and, and they start to understand that. Um, yeah, this is, this is where this development is going right now in, in, in you know, this 18th month, uh, understanding love, 
uh, active crafts and, and art activities, and of course, <laughs> taking dumps in your living room. That's that's where we're at right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and it's what it's what anybody that's behind me in this process has to look forward to. Uh, I definitely urge the the input or injection of active crafts at this age, maybe even a little bit earlier. Um, you know, finger painting is great. Play-Doh, like I said, you just got to make sure they don't eat it. Even doing something like making cookies and like putting sprinkles, like we did a whole holiday cookie thing uh, where we did sprinkles and we had cutouts that were snowmen, Christmas trees and stars and all that stuff. Even that was engaging and fun. And then, you know, they love it because they get to, you know, chow down on a couple of cookies, maybe once they're done baking. And on top of that, it's similar to working with Play-Doh, but you don't really have to worry about them, you know, getting toxic poisoning if they eat it. So uh, all those types of things have been fantastic. Uh, and this is where we're at. It's this, it's this awesome developmental stage to really putting these last pieces of true human nature uh, into effect and seeing it develop with them. Uh, and this might have been my favorite month as a, as a parent is this, this 18th month. Um, so that's something fantastic to look forward to. Um, with that said, we're going to jump into the musical break, but anybody who has any comments on this, like if you, if you find that, that there's something different going on or you've been, have different activities to, to engage them at this time, uh, around the 18th month point, definitely hit us up at a, with an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram at dadhardpod. Uh, and, and you know, I'll definitely share it on the pod as I get them coming in. But that said, we're going to jump into a musical break now. First musical break in about a month and a half. This is going to be fantastic. Uh, first musical break. Uh, and then we're going to come back with my main man, Jason Priest from Dad Bod Health. It's New Year, New You, baby. Stay tuned and we'll catch you on the other side. Come and take a ride with me. We can smoke a This week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Brighton, the number one LED teeth whitening technology out there. Get whiter teeth in just 10 minutes of use and use the coupon code DADHARD to get 25% off your purchase. Jump on to BrightonSmile.com. That's B-R-Y-T-N Smile.com and get a whiter smile today. This week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast is also brought to you by Bounce House. That is not a blow-up bounce house company. No, it is Bounce.house, the all-in-one go-to spot for everything single person service. Businesses. So are you a personal trainer, yoga instructor, contractor, independent consultant, whatever it is, Bounce.house gives you all of the tools in one digital interface for you to be able to manage your scheduling, your books, your calendar, the services that you offer, a website, social media marketing, anything you need as a single person service business, Bounce.house has you covered. So go to Bounce.house today and set yourself up for success. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. 
Remember back in the times when me and just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember the sandbox? Little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet. No handy, but yet. And we are back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. And as always, you know when that music break hits, it is time for the guest segment of the show. And for the second year in a row, the first episode of the year features my man uh, and the creator, owner, host, uh, proprietor, uh, full-fledged motivation <laughs> specialist of dad bod health. Uh, it's my guy, Jason Priest. He came on last year uh, to bring in 2020. Uh, that year turned into a complete shit show for everybody. So I figured we'd bring him back on for 2021 uh, and hopefully have this be an annual thing with you, man. But you've got a lot of stuff rocking. You got a new baby in the mix. Uh, how is everything going on your side, bro? Yeah, thanks for the intro, man, and uh, I'm happy to be here, and hopefully I can add some value to your audience today. Uh, so to answer your question, um, you know, you, you said that 2020 turned into a shit show for everybody, um, and I have to I have to just say, and this is just a, this is just a, a me being humble, but being honest and yeah. transparent, 2020 will go down as, as one of the best years of my life. That's awesome. And it's, um, you know, it, I realized that, that most people can't say the same, and so... Um, I'll just, I'll expand on that. You mentioned baby. Um, you know, we, we had a very, uh, a very, uh, tough time, uh, a very rocky road, we'll call it, uh, having baby number two. And so, wow. um, we, we call him our, our little miracle baby. So having him in 2020, uh, as well as experiencing the amount of growth that my company has, uh, at the, especially toward the second half of 2020, um, just makes me very grateful and, and, and very, uh, proud to be where I am right now. Um, so yeah, that things are going very well in my world, man. So I appreciate you asking. Well, that's no, that's fantastic. Um, listen, I, I would never have, you of all people that I've, that I've spoken to on this podcast, I would never have a doubt that 2020 was not a shit show for them <laughs> because you're just, you, you're just on point, man. You're so hyper-focused and I know your push on mental health and sleep and all that type of stuff is a huge component of the entire dad bod health um plan the concept the company everything that you do uh so i i would have no doubt that that you didn't let the the hardships of 2020 really sure. take over your life in the way that it's taken over so many um but that said Yeah, good question. And let me just kind of back up and let you know, too, is that 2020 did not 2020 was not a year that that came with zero challenges for us. You know, my family, uh, we faced some challenges, especially on the front half of the year. But I think that 2020 ended so well for us that it it left such a positive impression and a positive taste in our mouth going into 2021. Mm So um, so we definitely had our challenges as well. I'm I'm not going to make it sound like a flawless year. Um, but we didn't have uh, quite the amount of challenges that some families had, right? Sure. There's a lot of people out there that are without work. There's a lot of people out there that are hungry. There's a lot of people out there that have really big mental issue, mental health issues going on, um, you know, directly related to what we've seen, uh, you know, unfold in our country with the pandemic and everything else. And so uh, to answer your question, though, yes, uh you know, I wouldn't say there was a massive influx, but it's definitely a, a, a heightened sense of awareness around the virus and sure. around people wanting to to get and be healthy uh, so that it's not as big of a concern for them anymore. Obviously, you know that the, the virus has an extremely high survival rate. Um, and the ones the, the people that it's impacting most are those who are elderly or those who have. Uh, immune systems that are compromised, which we see that a lot in men who are obese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll speak specifically to men because obviously uh, that's what my company deals sure. with. So, uh, but it, this holds true for men and women. Uh, but we're seeing that with uh, men who are obese, men who have comorbidities or multiple chronic conditions, uh, usually related to not taking care of themselves. Sure. And so uh, we've seen a big 
probably a big mindset shift in people's uh, priority to, or in making their health a priority so that they can move forward with their lives and get back to as close to what we'll call a normal uh, as we can, right? Like this virus isn't going away. That's what viruses do. Uh, it's here to stay just like the flu. I just made a rhyme in notes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> with all that being said, though, you know, viruses, we, we need to learn to live with it. And I think a lot of people are coming to the terms that it's not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so obviously making your health a priority so that if you do get the virus, you have a, a, an extremely high chance of survival rate and, and moving forward with your life. Sure. Do you, do you find that a lot of people like it's a great point that you mentioned is 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 that this thing is really deathly, right? Or really, really effective with or, or really affecting people that have health conditions that don't take care of themselves. Do you have you been finding that that a lot of more of those type of people that have these concerns that they're going to be heavily about the virus are reaching out to you, or you know, ha- have you seen? that happen at all or or you just see a heightened more heightened sense of just regular everyday people not that those people are regular everyday people coming coming and trying to uh to get their mind right and and body right i would say it's more of a it's more of an added motivator Mm. more than the sole reason right so like if you were already thinking about getting healthy and you knew that you needed to improve your health, well, then maybe the virus was just an added motivator. Sure. I, I haven't seen a lot of people come to us saying, hey, I'm scared of the virus. I need to get healthy, right? Sure. It's more about, hey, like, I already knew that I needed to do this. And now with the virus, like, I don't really want to mess around with this anymore. I, it's time for me to do something. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So. Um, on the mental health side, has are there things that you're specifically practicing or, or, or turning your clients to to practice? Because, nah, I mean, everybody's scared of this virus, right? Like, like you, like you alluded to, um, and it just, it just gives an overarching sense of panic, of anxiety, of stress. Um, and like I, like I mentioned before, I know that's a huge thing that you, that you touch on in your plan, your program. are there any added things that you've added to the mix specifically catered to that overarching stress and anxiety that the virus brings? Yeah. So we don't really change what we do in terms of mental health. Um, you know, we, we haven't added additional layers. What we have is just placed a bigger emphasis on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reality is this, the, the, the panic, the mass hysteria, all of this, this uh, sense of alarm that's being put out there uh, is, is driven by the media. Right. Sure. And so when you actually educate yourself, you actually go look at the data, you look at the survival rates, you look at who's getting sick and who's actually recovering. Um, I've had clients that have gotten the virus more than once and recovered completely 100 percent both times. And so, you know, the, the panic that's being put out there is very much a media driven panic, um, you know, and, and depending on what state you live in. Uh, I live in Texas. It's very lax here. Mm-hmm. Uh, restaurants are open. Um, it's, it's a very different landscape than mm-hmm. it is in say California. And so, or here the, in New York, the, or New York, <laughs> you know? And so one thing that we cur- encourage people to do is obviously educate themselves and not buy into the mass hysteria being placed on us by the media. Um, you know, media wants us, uh, you know, running around like chickens with their head cut off. That's, that's what, you know, that's what, what gets clicks. That's what, what makes their stories go crazy. Uh, positivity doesn't get clicks. And so kind of shifting gears, I don't want to get political here, but uh, kind of shifting gears into what your question was, a big emphasis that we place on it, uh, on stress management in general, which has a major impact on our mental health. Sure. Um, and really the four core pillars that we teach, right? Sleep, stress management, nutrition, fitness, all four of those uh, will have an impact on your mental health. And so what we do is really just try to place a bigger emphasis on the importance of getting consistent with all four pillars. Uh, Stress management strategies that we dive into are usually going to be gratitude journaling, some deep breathing, some meditation, getting outside, spending time in natural sunlight, Mm. um, vitamin D. Low vitamin D levels are a really big issue in our country, especially up north. People don't get outside enough. Well, and especially Um, in a pandemic up north where nobody wants to leave the house. Right. And so you've got cold weather. you got people stuck inside going stir crazy. 
uh, it's this constant, you know, th- th- this constant uh, trap that you're put into and your mental health can continue to spiral out of control. If you're in a place that has lockdowns and you can't go outside, you can't see friends, you can't see family members, uh, then, you know, that that's why we're seeing the suicide rate skyrocket. Right. And so there's a fine line between the way that our country is handling this um, and the way that and, and what the data actually shows. Mm-hmm. And so. One thing that we're really big on is blocking some time to start the day each day for yourself to make your mental health a priority. So one thing that, you know, that we're big on is avoiding social media, avoiding emails, avoiding text, avoiding anything for the first 20 to 30 minutes of the day so that you can start being intentional and being proactive about the way that you're going to live your life Mm -hmm. instead of being reactive. When you're proactive instead of reactive and you start telling your subconscious mind this on a daily basis – the reality then becomes your subconscious mind starts to work for you instead of against you. And now you recognize that, hey, you know what? I'm the one that's in control of my day. I'm the one that's going to dictate how this day goes. I don't need any of that social media nonsense for the first 30 minutes of my day anyway. I'll get to that later mm-hmm. on. And when you start to flip the script and you're being more proactive than you are reactive about the way that you start your day, and this can set up a whole trickle-down effect throughout the rest of your day. Uh, and just leads to a better overall outlook online. Sure. And you know what a great way to do that is, is to have a new baby because you're not jumping up <laughs> or to have a, or to have a young baby in, in general. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. But no, I, I agree um, that it does uh, getting off of social media with, with everything that's gone on this year from the not just the virus, the virus uh, nonsense or reality, whatever you know, it's so convoluted there. I, I do agree with you on that front. You get so many conflicting stories and you just kind of got to, you know, keep your head on straight a little bit. But between that, between everything that went on with politics, everything that went on uh, over the summer with the, the, the racial injustices and protests across the country, everything like that, it's so it's so easy to get wrapped up in that because like you said, the positivity doesn't make headlines, right? You never, you never see your headlines on, on CNN or MSNBC or Fox news that say, you know, phenomenal man saves kid from something. You know what I mean? Like, or positive stories don't get clicks. Yeah, they they don't. Nobody wants to read positivity anymore. And that's, it's sad because, the reality is, is that our brains seek out negativity. We're curious people. We're humans. We want to know, you know, we want to know the negativity, even though it doesn't serve us, mm-hmm. right? We're, it's almost like we're trained to, to seek out negativity because that's what the media has been feeding us for so long. Right. And so our brains gravitate toward that. For sure. I can guarantee you that if you cut it out of your life and you become intentional about doing so, negativity will be waiting around every corner for you anytime you want to seek it out. But if you start choosing to block it out and you you take the high road and you choose just not to read that stuff, you don't need to stay up to date on how many people are dying in the world and like all the horrible things that are going around. Trust me, you are not going to serve yourself knowing that information. And when you do know that information, it doesn't serve you anyway. Right. And so there's 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 this fine line between curiosity and then doing what's going to serve you best. Sure. And I I struggle with it myself even sometimes, but man, the more that you can block that out, the more you can become intentional about the way, at least the way that you start your day. Sure. Uh, it, it just sets you up for a much more powerful and dominant day. And like I said, I mean, number one, I agree. And like I said, the best way to start with positivity every morning and being with yourself is to have a, a young child or a baby that you're that you're getting up with. Uh, which you have. Yours is now. Yours is now five months. Uh, so congratulations on the, on the new addition to the family. Uh, and thank you. Has that been helping you to keep yourself kind of sent? Now I know you're centered and and you know a positive guy in general, and, and you put these things into practice that you just talked about. But has that helped you to kind of? bring more positivity into into your life on a daily basis to to just bring more light into your life because we all know kids bring just so much light into the world in general uh has that been help for you yeah absolutely man and uh you know i have to slow down and try to soak up these moments as they're passing because he is about to be five months and before i know it he's going to be five years old like my son now and um it's it's crazy how quick time flies but Absolutely. Look, I mean, the reality is, is having a, a sweet little innocent baby with, uh, you know, a blank slate 
this this harmless little creature that I created uh, is is pretty amazing, or at least I contributed. To it, uh, is a <laughs> is a pretty amazing thing, and obviously, you know, my my kids are always at the forefront of my mind, and so they're the only things that I place as a priority them them and my wife uh, over my business, mm-hmm. and so you know, having him waking up and, and spending some time with him each and every day in the morning. It's definitely a good way to, to, to start my day uh, because it does take me away from from the reality that that, that it, the world is a cruel place, mm-hmm. you know. And so having a sweet little, uh, you know, giggling baby next to me in the bed, not always giggling, but hey, uh, you know, I, I take it in stride. And so, yeah, absolutely, man. It's 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 amazing. That's so awesome. as you well know. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned at the beginning that that you you guys had a little bit of complications or or it was a little bit of a struggle. I don't want to pry and, and open that up, but you know the struggles in getting pregnant and having babies, etc., is a big blank in this world. It's it's something that affects a lot of people and nobody ever talks about. You know, right. um, so I, I would lo- I would love to to to, to share it to, for you to share that if you if you want if you're interested in doing that or want to. Yeah, man, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. You know, this is a situation where obviously it's it's uh, it's more difficult on the the woman sure. a lot of times than it is the man. Um, but my you know my wife essentially has has been pregnant now for three years, and oh, uh, we lost two of those babies leading oh, up my to God, I'm so my sorry. current son. Um, one of them we was far enough along that we found out the sex, um, and so it was a rough rough time for us. A big big time. Uh, challenges there. Um, my wife, you know, my wife is 38 now. And so she, you know, this, if this son did not, uh, w- was not <laughs> what he is now, uh, and we would have lost a third one, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we would have had another baby. Yeah. And so that's why we call him our miracle son because awesome. the reality is, man, uh, her emotions were pulled on way too many times uh, to have him. And so I just don't know that she would have been able to. Uh, physically or emotionally handle uh, a, a third loss. And uh, I, I'm so grateful and, and so honored that uh, we we do have him now and he's happy and healthy and we're able to move on with our lives. But it's definitely, it was definitely a dark time for us. And we, we, we did go through a lot of challenging times together. Yeah. I Listen, I, I, I can very much speak to, to the effects and the feeling of that. We've had two ourselves over the course of, uh, of our tenure, one before our daughter and you know, one after. So, um, so I know how that feels. It's such a tough situation to deal with. Um, you know, how, how did you go about, what were some things that you used to kind of not only help yourself, because I know that that's a huge stress, huge mental, huge emotional, like weight that's on both of you, um, and on the relationship in general, how, I mean, I don't know anybody else that's better would be better to ask ask than you for some, for some tips or guidance or anybody that that is going through that and having to struggle with that. Well, what types of things did you do or incorporate into your relationship and your life to help you both to get through that time? Because I know it's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, anything that any any tips or any specific things that you guys did to kind of help through that dark time. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the the reality is, again, it's it's usually more challenging for the the woman sure. than the man. So, at the end of the day, man, like for me, it was just about being there for her. Um, I think communication was really highly emphasized during that time. Uh, making some time for us away from our other son, mm-hmm. uh, so that we could communicate, we could talk about it, get, allowing her to to vent and get those feelings off of her chest, the the feelings of helplessness, because mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, you know, we're, we're a faith-based family. My wife is Catholic and, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions around why, you know, why is this happening to us? Why, you know, why us, why us? Um, but you know, we, we try, we try to practice gratitude on a, on a consistent basis, realize, you know, whether it was meant to be or not, we at least had one healthy, happy son. And, uh, we were very grateful for that, you know? And so the, the reality is, Communication is huge, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what point you are in your marriage. But talking about something like that and allowing her to vent and get that off of her chest, um, you know, as much as she needed to, and just being there for her uh, was probably the thing that I would say helped us most. Is just talking about it. Yeah, I agree, and that's also the most difficult thing for them to it do, is. right? You know, it, they they. 
they do feel helpless, worthless. Uh, they feel like they're damaged. Something's wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very difficult thing as as the partner, right, for us to watch happen to them, you know, without being able to do to do much. Um, but but I, I would I would agree with you on that. Giving them that time to to vent and making specific time to, to completely air out everything they're feeling is is very important to keep the relationship and keep their mind from from staying out of the, the sunken place for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no doubt. But but that's that's fantastic. How's the relationship between the two boys? What's that? How's the relationship now between the oh, two boys? Yeah, good question. So <laughs> my older son is very proud. Um, he is extremely excited to have a baby brother, uh, which is awesome to see, right? I love it. Uh, but he is a little overbearing at times and uh, wants to be right up in everything that's sure. going on. And so it's a little bit more challenging for my wife than me. Um, but, you know, it, it could be the other way around. Like I mentioned before, we jumped on, man. Like he could be the jealous little kid, sure. which he's not. Uh, he's all about baby brother. Uh, wants to, you know, he, he plays a, 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 a great role as a big brother and um, is, is very pumped for him to, to start being mobile so that they can start to play together. So. Sure. Absolutely. It's I'm, been fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I, 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 that's what kids always want, right? They always want to have like a baby brother or sister that they, yeah. so they have somebody to play with. I mean, I know yeah. being an only child myself, that was like my biggest my biggest nightmare growing up was like being by myself sure. all the time you know um so uh, so so that's awesome that he that he's getting that i'm very jealous of him to be <laughs> to be 100% honest with you sure um has the new baby thrown any monkey wrenches into your personal health track at all oh absolutely yeah my complete my morning routine is completely off right now and i knew that going in I have a very structured morning routine that I was following to a T, which is what I teach. And I'm fully transparent with every client that we bring on right now. I'm like, look, mine's out of whack right now because I have a baby sleeping in my room. So as soon as he moves upstairs, I'll get right back to where I want to be with that. Um, And it'll be a little bit of a transition. I got to get back into the routine of doing it. Uh, But yeah, for sure, man. Like obviously sleep is a little bit off. Stress management's a little bit off. Uh, nutrition has been, uh, I, I've had to re- readjust some of my meals schedule. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. Yeah, I dig it. Um, leading back into the, into the health stuff, right? We are coming upon 2021. Um, and I know we did this last year also, but you know, I, I feel like going into a new year is always a time when people want to restart, restart and, and a number, a major goal for them is to get their health in order. Right. So, so for those people, for those people, dads, and, and specifically from a dad standpoint, right, you have a new, you have a new child, you know, anybody that's listening that has new, you know, most of my listeners happen to be new fathers also. What type of things can they do to, to start off this new year, you know, keeping the positivity alive to, in order to put 2020 behind, you know, and all the stresses of that. But what are the things quick, quick, quick tips and things that you, I don't want to, I don't want you to give away the whole bag, but you know, um, what types of, what types of things can, can dads specifically new dads also do quickly, easily that can really help them get that spark into their health for the new year? Yeah, that's a great question. Obviously it's a loaded answer. And and to be honest with you, um, you know, what my company focuses on are the four core pillars of health and, any of your listeners that you like, we have a, we have a free Facebook group where myself and my two business partners do weekly live streams, uh, 100% free every week in that group. We do free live streams where we go deep in our methodology behind, you know, how, what the easiest, the simplest way to navigate the world of health and getting healthy and, and really what you need to focus and prioritize and so we can include that link at the end, man. But sure. I would like to invite anybody that wants to come and be a part of that free group, dude, because the more the more, you know, that you're exposed to these health minded people, uh, you know, the the more we, we all need those constant reminders. 100%. So I'll just throw that out there, man, because that's a that will be an invaluable resource for any of your listeners who want that, you know, that constant health, uh, you know, that, that constant health environment. Right. So with that being said, uh, to answer your question. We focus on the four core pillars of health. And so some tips to, you know, to really make 2021 your year before I even go there. Number one is to keep the the promises and the micro commitments that you make to yourself. The reality is, is we all talk about goals. 
That's and, true. you know, it's very easy to raise your ceiling. It's very easy to start talking about, well, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to lose 50 pounds this year. Goals and goal setting new goals and, and, and starting to work towards those are great. You know, they're fun. They're, it's, it's exciting to talk about uh, when you do reach that goal, what's next, you know, all that stuff is good. But the reality is in order to, to make real progress and to avoid uh, going backward and avoid, you know, staying stuck. Uh, first of all, you gotta, you gotta follow through with your, your promises and your micro commitments that you make to yourself. You tell yourself you're going to the gym on Monday. You got to get your ass to the gym on Monday mm-hmm. because motivation isn't always going to be there. Um, it's not going to show up on your front porch on Amazon prime box. And so, you know, you, you've just got to grit your teeth and make it happen. And when you start to follow through with your promises and your micro commitments, this is how we build confidence. This is when your subconscious mind starts to recognize that you do trust yourself, that you're not lying to yourself because this is the fourth year in a row that you said you were going to get your shit together and you didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the more that you break those little micro commitments, the, not only are you getting further and further from your goal, but again, you're also losing trust with yourself because if you tell yourself you're going to do something 15 times in a row and you literally fail to do it all 15 times, your subconscious starts to believe that you're a liar, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not, and then you, you, you lose confidence within yourself. Yeah. And so that's step number one, but you know, to get into the, into the pillars, man, like I would not overcomplicate the process. It's, it's literally, you know, with sleep, sticking to a strict sleep schedule, carving out seven hours in your time or in your day that you're going to give yourself seven quality hours of sleep, or at least the opportunity to sleep. Get to bed at seven if you're going to wake up at five. Or get to bed at 10 if you're going to wake up at five so that you can have seven hours. If you're a up at six kind of person, lights out and asleep by 11 so that you have adequate time. Sleep is such an underappreciated pillar. And I, it, it will be one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself. So that's number one, sticking to a strip, strict sleep schedule. Uh, number two with the, with the pillars is carving out time for you every single day. I don't care if it's five minutes or 15 minutes. And whether that is a gratitude journal, whether that's some deep breathing, whether that's some meditation, whether that's a walk in nature or 10 minutes uh, walking outside to get some natural sunlight, something for your mental health every single day. And when you build this habit, uh, it will have a massive compounding effect over time, right? But you have to carve the time yeah. out. It's very easy not to do it, but it's also very easy to do it. Yep. It's 10 minutes. Don't tell me you don't have 10 minutes a day, okay? Number three would be nutrition. This is not a massive overhaul. This is starting to make healthier choices. The reality is you don't have to follow my optimal nutrition protocol um, with our specific types of intermittent fasting and our bulletproof coffee and all the little nuances that go along with it. Is that a very efficient way to get to where you want to be? 100%. Absolutely. It freaking works. <laughs> but there's a million but there's a million and one ways to skin a cat. You've got to start making healthier choices and make it a non-negotiable priority. You're not going to overhaul your eating habits in one week or even one month. But you start to flip the script. You start to eat more healthy meals than not. Uh, and, and you start to feel good, get real nutrient dense foods into your body. You're going to start to feel better. Your energy levels are going to go up. You're going to start to perform more powerfully and consistently on a daily basis. And then the fourth thing is just getting more active. So many guys are out there searching for the perfect plan, right? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that the imperfect plan followed consistently will destroy the perfect plan followed inconsistently Mm -hmm. every single week. And so it's just about getting more active. It's get outside and take a walk three times a week for 10 minutes. If you're not doing anything at all right now, you've got to start somewhere. We, we uh, approach fitness with what we call our fitness elevation method. It's very much about meeting somebody where they're at and taking them where they want to go. So you can't just, you can't just jump into the gym five days a week for an hour and a half and think that that's sustainable. You know, you want long-term sustainability so that when 2022 comes around, you're not looking back at 2021 saying, you know what? I wish I would have done everything that that dad bod health guy said because I'd be in a lot better shape. It's <laughs> literally just about taking the steps yep. right now so that these things can compound on one, on one another. You build massive momentum and then it's January. By March, you start doing the things that I've worked uh, that I've spoke on. And you're going to be in a lot better place. And we literally just said four or five things that you can just start working on today. Sure. And so many, many guys want to overcomplicate the process. You want to simplify the process so that it's not overwhelming or frustrating. I gotcha. 
Awesome. Yeah, that's I, I love I love the the four pillars of Choctaw. I mean, when we spoke last year, I mentioned that to you. Um, I, I think that's really important. I love I love that you put such a such a high high stress on sleep also because it really is the lost art of health you know what i mean it, it, it's something that nobody ever, that nobody ever thinks about and and it really is super important i actually um i i got an apple watch for my birthday in october and i've been tracking my sleep every single day nice. since october yeah, it's important man it, it's really important and you find you find even with these simple these simple tracking methods uh, of sleep you can see how your day is affected by the amount yes. of sleep that you got, you know, or restless sleep or whatever it is. It is, it is really important. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for hitting, hitting us with, the, with those key tips. What days are, are you running the live streams? Uh, we do them every Wednesday night cool. at 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 yeah. Eastern. Cool. And awesome. so uh, inside the group, we put out an announcement post every Wednesday um, you know, it, and the guys that come in through our actual landing page, uh, opt in with email and text. And so they come sure. in and they get alerts, email and text for every Wednesday saying, Hey, we're going live. Come join us. Cool. Um, <clears throat> and we go deep on whatever the topic discussion is for that week. Gotcha. Is it, is it all discussion based or are you doing fitness stuff in, uh, also in those, in those streams? Yeah. So we focus mostly on optimal health. So, you know, it's going to be something health related normally, but like some part of what we do, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll be, we might spend a whole, uh, a whole live stream on sleep or stress management or our optimal nutrition protocol, or, uh, we might talk supplements. We might talk fitness and what, what are the best ways to get started or mm-hmm. what are the best ways to achieve a certain goal? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends. Uh, but, you know, it's various topics. And inside the group, we cover all men's health stuff. If somebody gotcha. posts a question about, you know, uh, erectile dysfunction, it's going to get answered, gotcha. you know, and so uh, really try to cover it all. No, that's awesome. That's awesome that you that you do cover the entire realm and not just fitness or just nutrition yeah. and stuff like that. That No, that, that that's really fantastic. Um, what's the Facebook group? If you want to drop, the, drop, drop that plug on us now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's called Discussions with Dads. Cool. So you can go the URL. You go to the... URL of discussionswithdadsgroup.com, mm-hmm. um, and that'll take you right to the group. The only alerts you're going to get are emails and a text about what's going on in the group. So sure. the only reason I say to go through that link potentially is because if somebody new comes in, well, they very well might want that text message alert saying, hey, it's Wednesday night, come join us, 100%. versus somebody who comes in and doesn't have that, and then they don't get the alert. Yep. So if I'm coming into a group like that, I want the alert, and if I want to opt out later, I can. Um, so it's up to you how you want to handle it, but for ease of access and being notified, hey, like this is this is going on. Do you want to come join us? Sure. You know, you could use either. No, sure. Well, listen, I'm gonna tell you. I'm tell you. I'm gonna tell you one thing. I'm gonna sign up for those alerts because I would much <laughs> rather get alerts for that than for my normal Wednesday night basketball run that I can no longer take part in because we can't play basketball inside during a pandemic sure. here in New York. So I need something on Wednesdays. It kills me every time I get those alerts. So you just got. I, I'm. I'm gonna. Jo- I'm gonna join up as soon as. Yeah, as come soon join as we us, get man. I am. It's, I will. It's a Absolutely. Fun group. Absolutely. It's also yeah. like I like I mentioned in the beginning. I have definitely let myself go hard in. To the deep dark, the deep darkness of 2020 dad bod life. So um, I, I am absolutely looking for a way to to, to start getting back into it. Um, and uh, why and, and why not with my guy Jason Priest? You know what I mean? Why, why not? <laughs> sure. what, what what better way? Um, dude, this is this has been awesome. Uh, I, I I really appreciate you coming on again. Uh, I can't let you go yet without um, reposing. The, the same two questions, I don't remember if you remember, but when we had on last year, I always ask guests the, the same questions every single week. Well, this is your second time on. I'm going to repose them to you to see if anything has changed from, from, the, from the last time. But ba- basically, um, with the first question, I want to really hone in on, 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 your new, on your new son because I know that's so precious and you did have such a hard, long road in getting there. Sure. So what's been, what's been your favorite thing or favorite experience so far with now having this new child in your life are you specifically talking about him or in relation to just our family both whatever whatever to take it as you will uh but but specifically with introducing him into the equation doesn't necessarily have to be about him but introducing him into the equation yeah so adding him was amazing becoming a family of four was it's been outstanding and we are we couldn't be more uh, pleased with where we're at right now as a family but with that being said, man, like probably the coolest thing 
I, I love that that Big Bro is is embracing him and like wants to be a big part of his life. Um, that's awesome for me to see. But getting to do the baby thing all over again, man, like. It's just showing me how, you know, because I know that my son is almost six now. And, like, I remember yesterday he was a baby. Yeah. And so I'm – it's really provided that that additional reminder that, hey, like, time flies. Do everything that you can to soak this up with this guy because he's going to be five before you know it. And then you're not going to have that cute, cuddly little chubby baby sitting on your chest in the morning. That's true. Um, and so that's probably, like, been the biggest thing is, like, this – the reality that time flies and I'm doing everything in my power to like really soak it up with him. Yeah, that's awesome. No, you got to soak it. I mean, I, my daughter, my daughter's about to be 18 months at the end of January and just seeing how little she wants to be that chunky little baby laying on my chest anymore it. is just, yep. I, it makes me cry every night. I get it. Um, yep. All right. So then uh, we'll jump into the last question is with having a second kid, right now in, in into your world and with the regimented schedule that you stick to consistently with keeping those two things in mind what's your biggest piece of advice for a dad behind you in the in the parenting process yeah so you know the bottom line is you just got to figure it out and so the reality is is where there's a will there's a way and i you know we're all professional excuse makers we are all professional negotiators myself included uh, I'm not motivated all the time to work out. I'm not motivated all the time to eat a healthy meal. Uh, there's things that I don't want to do when it comes to health. But the reality is this, is that we are all capable of doing great things. And I believe, I firmly believe that every father has the moral and ethical responsibility to make their health a priority so that they can lead by example, but also to be around long-term for their children. Yeah. And so the reality is this, is that you can come up with excuses all day long, just remember there's a dad out there who is in a more difficult and more challenging situation or scenario than you are who is still making it work. And there's there's hundreds of thousands of dads that are in a worse situation than you are who's still making it work. And so you have to – this is not a self-comparison thing. This is a thing saying, you know what? I know that I can do better. I'm going to hold myself to a higher standard. I'm going to start holding myself accountable. I'm going to be fully responsible for my life. And just because I have kids doesn't mean it's time to let my health take a back seat. Again, using the analogy of, you know, let's say the flight attendant, right? Got to put on your mask first before you put your kid's mask on. Sure. And if you think that you're going to sit back for the next 10 years while your kids, you know, your kids grow up for 10 years and you're just going to let your health take a back seat and put it off till later, that, that doesn't work. And, and so you've got to hold yourself to a higher standard. Uh, and just know that there are people out there in a more challenging situation than you right now making it work. And so use that as inspiration, motivation, uh, figure it out, man, so that you can be around long term for your kids. I dig it. That's great. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal advice. And it's easy advice because what dad doesn't want to, you know, any dad that's not inspired by that thought process to get their health in in check so that they can be there for a longer amount of time for their kids or a kid you know that's the biggest motivating factor that possible for any parent um you know 100%. yeah so well yeah yo thank you thank you so much again for doing this man i really appreciate it uh like i said i definitely want to try to make this an annual thing with you you're just such a positive person you are uh, you, you're, thanks, you're, you're greatly motivated motivational so i, I think it's a, just a perfect way to start off 2021 uh or, or to start off every year so if not for my listeners at least for me it'll be a great <laughs> <laughs> to get to get me started so no I, I really appreciate it um anything else you want to plug website instagram where can people find you? How can people follow? I know you mentioned the Facebook group, but everything else, how can people get in touch, get on board, uh, and get in, get on track? Yeah, man. The best place is that Facebook group. Cool. Dude, you can go to dadbodhealth.com and opt into the Facebook group there. Or if you go to my Instagram profile, uh, click on that link in the profile. Come join us in the Facebook group. Uh, that is where the majority of my life is being spent right now is over there. I've taken a, a big step back from social media because of all of my focus inside of that group and providing as much massive amount of value that I can to our communities. And so that's the best place, man. Either either my website or Instagram, opt in, come join us in that group. Cool. Uh, you can find out more about what we're about. 
uh, and and hopefully we can help you get healthier in 2021. Absolutely, and I'll put I will put all those links into the show notes as well. Well, th- dude, thank you again. I know you got I know you got to run, so I will let you go. Um, but but thanks but thanks so much for, for for coming on board. It's always a pleasure, and congrats again on the on the on the new edition. Uh, it's it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. I appreciate it, man. Have a great 2021, and I look forward to doing it again in the future. Have a good one, and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. As always, to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. Check out the website, wedadhard.com. That's all for us. Until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. We're out. Hey. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers.